I'm Will Young, and I've worked in several different job environments ranging from lawn care to corporate sales. I've also graduated from Indiana Wesleyan with two majors in marketing and administration. And I'm here on Young Blooded, a 30 minutes to one hour video podcast talking about financial success and finding a career path in multiple avenues of life. Hi, I'm Will Young, and I've worked in uh, several different job environments, ranging from landscaping to corporate sales, and graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with two majors in marketing and administration, and you're listening to Young Blooded, a one-hour about video podcast choosing about choosing career paths and having financial success through multiple avenues of life. Uh, and this is Kevin Britton. He uh, was a co-worker of mine back when I worked at TQL, or Total Quality Logistics, and we work together. He's also a friend of my brother's, and he's had some great success over at Total Quality. I would say you'd say. Too. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I yeah. think, I'd like to think it's great success. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize you went to Indiana Westland. Yeah. Until now. That's yeah. Pretty cool. I know a few people who graduate from IWU. Yeah, it's a great school. Yeah. IWU, as the insiders call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, I mean, every day you walk into TQL, you know, and you got your lunch and. Sometimes your motorcycle jacket on, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, dang, that guy is—he's built, man. He's a big guy. So, do you work out often? Or? I do. Yeah, I go to the gym. I try to go to the gym at least four times a week. Okay. Um, you know, I try to hit it every single weekday if I can, and if I miss a weekday, I try to hit one of the weekends. Honestly, it's just something that helps relieve some steam. And I've been lifting. I lifted throughout high school. And into college, I was big into powerlifting in college. I yeah. actually competed on like a very amateur level, but yeah. like I was, I was training quite a bit, and you know I like to keep that up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good stress reliever. Yeah, for sure, for sure. After working at TQL, I'm sure you know. Oh yeah, you get some stressful situations, <laughs> yeah, some, some problems to deal with. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, right on, man. Um, yeah, I I work out. I'd say probably about four or five times a week as well. It's just like. It's just great for you, you know. Would you say, yeah, would you say you do, like, weightlifting? Yeah, I mean, I do, I'll do, like, two or three weightlifts. Usually I like to do, like, a back and by, yep. chest and try, and then a squatting. But other than that, I, I've been dipping into, like, yoga, some MMA wow, training. yeah. Switch it up a little um, bit. Yeah, some MMA training, some running, cardio, stuff like that. Just because I've been lifting for, like, three or four years. So yeah. to kind of switch it up, I think it's just good to stay versatile with your body, right? I agree. I think, yeah. you know, I've been powerlifting for so long I'm starting to see just like very very slight adverse effects you know yeah. heavy lifting yeah so switching it up you know yeah. more endurance type stuff uh-huh. just better for the body in general yeah and with like some sports that I play with my family and friends like the limited rotation that you can get if you lift too much yeah. I'm not saying I'm there yet but you can definitely get to that point yeah. where you you know have limited ability to move um you, now, you said you knew some people at Iowa. Did, where did you go to college now? I went to Cedarville University. Okay, yeah. So, very Christian, private school in Ohio. Um, absolutely loved it. Went there for four years. Graduated with a uh, master's in, or kind of master's, a bachelor's in uh, business marketing and a couple minors. I got a minor in Bible and a minor in IT, mm-hmm. business IT. Does everyone graduate with a minor? They do, okay, yeah. My friends went there. That's what they tell me. Everyone gets a, a minor in Bible from Cedarville. There's like six classes that you take for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all great classes in my opinion. Um, and the choice to go to a Christian university, so actually ironic, my two older, older siblings went to Cedarville University. So I kind of yeah. told myself that's the one place I won't go. 
Um, why is that? You just want to like scare Yeah, I just didn't want to follow in their footsteps. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to just be like, oh yeah, they went there, so I'll go there type of thing. Um, but I, I really knew, um, God really showed me very clearly in my senior year of high school that I needed to be in a Christian university. Right. I don't think I was ready spiritually to be at a, at a state university or something like that. Um, 100% agree with you. That was the same way. Yeah. And so, uh, after looking at a lot of different Christian universities, I think just for me, the best fit was Cedarville. And I have absolutely no regrets about that whatsoever. I yeah. loved my time there. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah, my friend said the only thing that they would have changed was, was some of the rules about um, mm. the restrictions that they had. I'm not really sure yeah. what all that was. I mean, they said I they, tell people that we had a curfew, and yeah. they're like, you know, yeah. if you don't go to a Christian well, university. Well, Indiana University had one freshman year. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like Cedarville has it all four years. Weekdays is 11 p.m. You have to be in your dorm, and weekends is 1 a.m., I okay. think. And they may have changed that since yeah. I've been there, but like, you tell people that, and they're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, not only is there guy dorms and girl dorms, you can't like go into each other's dorms. Oh, the same way. You know, if you're not from that culture, it's it's a pretty big shock. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it gives you a, a chance to be a little bit of a rebel without, you know, breaking laws or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I like that too. Yeah. yeah, there was, obviously there were rules in my school about, you know, drinking and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, yep. and it went, and I, I, I mean, uh, full, full disclosure, I went to a few parties while I was in college. Yeah. And you do feel kind of like, you know, ah, oh, breaking the rules <laughs> a little bit. But you're not out there, you know, exactly. doing really bad stuff yeah. quite yet, right? But yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And, well, and getting in that rhythm too. Like I'm in that rhythm now of where you go to bed around 11 or 12, you're getting up around 8. Yeah, you just get I, you so just can't. much more done. <laughs> you can't stay up this late anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously something that I chose. I knew what I was getting into. So it's not for everyone. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a lot of people even at Cedarville that maybe should not have chose that path. But mm-hmm. for me, it was what I wanted and I knew what I was getting into. So yeah, you could tell I was the kids. Okay with it. You could tell the kids that didn't belong at Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. Um, just because <laughs> they... I mean, they, they had such different priorities than most of the people there, yeah. right? So, um, mm-hmm. you said you worked several jobs, like, in the summers throughout college? Yeah, um, I worked quite a few jobs, yeah. I think. I started working when I was, like, 13. Right now. Um, I kind of got in at a greenhouse that my older brother was working at. It was a wholesale greenhouse. We didn't have any customers come in. It was just, like, pumping out plants, pretty much. Yeah. And so, they would pay me under the table cash and envelopes every week. That's the way to do it. As a 13-year-old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, like... <laughs> Five, six bucks an hour or whatever. Yeah. But as 13, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Just hitch a ride with my brother after school every day. Zero expenses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Great. I, mean, you know, I wasn't paying for anything. Yeah. So I was able to save a lot of money that way. Um, and I worked that job for five years. And that was seasonal. Um, I, I did corn detasseling, which a lot of people haven't even heard of. Yeah. I it's a know. very Midwest thing. Okay. Um, the tassel at the top of the corn stalk. Actually, if you're if you're farming feed corn for animals, mm-hmm. you actually have to take the tassel off. It has nothing to do with the corn itself. Yeah. Um, but the tassel, the very top, you take off of like every, you know, four rows you'll take it off, and then every fifth row you leave on, and that way the the corn actually fertilizes itself. Gotcha. Kind of a funky thing. It's and not it, edible, or why do you take it off? Um, it's. No, yeah, animals. the tassel's not edible. It's, yeah. it, that's where, like, the seeds come from. Okay, but okay. you take it off of, like, four rows so that fifth row can fertilize the other rows gotcha. or whatever. Um, and that just makes better feed corn, I guess. Okay. Um, but, yeah, as, you know, I started that when I was maybe 15 or so. And it was, like, tough manual labor work. But it was good. It was just like the greenhouse. Just got to learn a lot of work ethic. Yeah. Um, you know, earning your money type of thing. And I think that really built the foundation 
that I have now for like working hard and yeah. willing to like earn yeah. your money. Um, and I, I work with this guy. I can attest. He does. <laughs> he gets it done. You know, yeah, I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was, I was just very fortunate. You know, I was able to follow my brother's footsteps there. Uh, I also worked as a, a pizza hut for a year. That mm-hmm. was an interesting, uh, year for sure. Didn't love that. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it was just like manual labor or worked as a cook or whatever yeah. and just like learned kind of retail and customer service a little bit. And if I can butt in quick, I just think that's so important to work while you're at that stage of mm-hmm. life. Like even in college and high school too, like when you work or, or do sport or something along that nature where you have like consistent responsibilities yeah. and like leaders above you to learn from. I just think that's like so much more important because you like build a well, like, like a versatile yep. way of life almost. Right. Yep. And you said you gained from it. Yeah. And it wasn't even the money as much. I mean, I, I made a decent amount of money because I worked for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the first year of college, the first semester of college, all of my savings were gone. Same. Right. Like yep. it was like <laughs> this massive amount of money to me at the time that I had saved up over the last five, six years of my life. And boom, it's just like gone. Yeah. And it's Education. like, wow, that didn't Nasa seem worth it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you look back and you're like, okay, it wasn't about the money as much. It's the work, work ethic and yeah. just like learning skills, learning how to work for money type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the summers, I worked a construction job. Again, more physical labor. I worked at... Learn a lot of good skills in construction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about hobbies. It's it's played into owning a house too. Yeah, a lot. I bet. Um, I worked at a to- Toyota car sales dealership. Right I was kind of like a technology guru. Um, I was like the youngest one there, um, right in the middle of college. So like when someone, when anyone would buy a car, I like help sync their phone to the car, Bluetooth and stuff like that. All these older people buying cars, they had no idea what they so were like doing. So like a service rep almost. Yeah, and I was able to sell a couple cars uh, that summer too. I wasn't supposed oh, to, I guess. But, but that's the commission thing, right? Yeah. You get some cars. It was actually it. ironic because, yeah, I wasn't supposed to sell cars, but it was the opportunity came up and the people I was talking to, and I was able to close a couple deals, which was really cool. Because um, I, I thought that that's, you know, sales was where I wanted to go. Um and I actually didn't end up getting the commission off that. Oh. Which was, like, funny. Yeah. Because I was hourly, and I guess... That sounds kind know, of bogus to me. Like, they're still does. making a lot of money yeah, from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's ridiculous to me how many windows are in a car dealership. So I, I went to <laughs> Wisconsin a couple weeks yep. ago for some side work. Mm-hmm. And one of the jobs was washing every single window inside and out of this car dealership. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it'll take me, like, a day. Three eight-hour days of only washing windows is how long it took me. And I was working pretty consistently, yeah. right? Like, I packed a lunch. I would eat there. It would take, like, a 30-minute break. But I was working, like, seven and a half hours of the day I was working on just washing windows. It still took me, like, three days. I wonder how long, how often they have to do that. Yeah, I, I was just working with a maintenance guy there. He didn't tell yeah. me. But it was, they weren't in very good shape when I started. Yeah, so I, I know that it took, it took a while. It really did. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Maybe kind of, like, the transparency. They're trying to be, like... They, yeah, they said they like, pay for it because it's it's like who they are, right? When people walk drive by and they see like a really clean, nice upheld, yeah. you know, and then obviously there's cars inside, so the windows, you know, you can see yeah. inside. And the, yeah. yeah, makes but, a lot of sense. But yeah, there's a lot of ladder and squeegee and extensions. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck um, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And so I guess from that experience you learned, I mean, you kind of brushed on it, right? You, you would heavily recommend that for... For kids now. Yeah, like working yeah. either throughout high school or college. I was fortunate to start in like late middle school or like freshman year or co- high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like not for everyone for sure. Like it's hard to find a job at 13 unless, yeah. you know, you're willing to 
do something under the table, I guess. Live on a farm or something. Exactly. But just working a job, again, not necessarily for the money. I mean, it helps with living expenses for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, just learning the work ethic. Like, mom and dad aren't handing me everything anymore. Like, I have to work for my money. And learning that from a young age, I think, is very important. Yeah, it it builds a responsible teen and adult. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right on. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, Again, just... What's an example of maybe someone or two people that, that have had a positive enough influence in your life to be mentioned, I suppose? Yeah. Uh, the first name that comes to my mind is a mentor that I had in college. His name was Aaron Cook. Um, and I got really close to him my senior year of college. He was kind of in this discipleship organization program. Um, and I was being discipled by him. Um, and Aaron was someone who was very passionate about God, very, very on fire. For Christ, and that just kind of flows to everyone he's around. Um, so it's someone that like I looked up to, and I wanted to model in a lot of ways. Um, he was very caring, very loving toward others, very passionate about what he did, um, and also very encouraging. Um, I can't remember one time when when he'd ever say something bad about anyone. That's tough to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it is easily overlooked, but yeah. it's hard to do that. Um, I look at my own life, and I'm just a very sarcastic person, so a lot of times I'll say stuff that, yeah. you know, obviously I shouldn't, or especially depending on the person that comes out or across wrong. Yeah, me too. Um, so just like seeing someone else not need the sarcasm and still be an amazing person, it's like, well, hmm, you know, maybe that's something I could change in my own life type yeah. of thing. But Something to learn from. Definitely someone I look up to a lot, um, and we don't keep in touch as much as we I wish we did, but... Um, you know, I've seen him a few times since I graduated, so someone I definitely look up to. Uh, another person I would say is my dad. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that's cliche for a lot of people, but... Um, it's still an example. No, absolutely. Yeah. And although my dad has is a little quirky, you know, everyone's dad is, um, he's definitely someone who loves people. And I think I get... I'm a lot more like my dad than I like to admit sometimes. Yeah. But I think I've learned how to... Um, love, really love people from my dad um, and I very much respect him for that um, he's very loving and very caring in his own way and he's also very generous um, with his time and with his finances and I love that about him and I that's something that I hope to carry on throughout the rest of my life as well are you saying like love in the sense of a relationship with a significant other or just with your friends or in general yeah it's kind of all-encompassing um, my dad is able to see and he tries very hard to figure out ways to, to show love to others. Um, and he's shown that throughout, like, all of my siblings and myself's friends is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, his relationship with my mom is amazing, and he very much loves my mom, which is a great role, role model to see. But on top of that, um, he really cares for my friends and my siblings' friends yeah. in ways that, like, other parents wouldn't necessarily um just very inviting very hospitable always trying to um accommodate um and you know Mm -hmm. tease and stuff like that you know just a very loving personality yeah um, all around i I just think that that's such a good building block for a happy person too right like everybody that i see that's a genuinely like not very rude person that i meet they're, they're almost always just kind and everyone that talks about them speaks of them highly mm-hmm. and it's like it's cool to see and obviously like I want to be there someday so do you I'm sure yeah um but yeah I just think as a culture too it's gonna be 
nicer to each other. Yeah. There's a lot of people I know that are just like, they're just waiting, like, like a prey, you know, yeah. and they're just waiting to prey on somebody to, you know, to be aggressive or assertive in, in their ver- verbal attacks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like in college, I saw that a lot. Not, not necessarily with me, but, um, just like in class and stuff like that, someone asks a partially dumb questions. Like we've all been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then some kids will just, I mean, they'll lay into people and I'm like, wow, you really feel okay about that after saying it you know I mean, sometimes yeah. no, and again there's there's spots for teasing like you said your dad shows a good example of yeah but i definitely see a lot of times especially with people that have just met or are strangers like they're just some people are just rude yeah like, wow yeah i feel like we need to like ramp that up as far as being kind to one another and just being hospitable overall yeah <laughs> i think yeah i agree a hundred percent yeah um you know jesus preaches you know loving other people that's like almost number one in his book like love God and love people that's it it's mm-hmm. that easy so you know being loving to other people is, is huge and I you know it's a rude awakening sometimes when I see myself and the, the way I've treated people in certain oh, periods yeah. of my life yeah you know but I agree yeah no, being I, loving think that, and I think everyone can be more loving towards others yeah no I definitely sure. think back and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it either but yeah there there are some times that I'm like wow I really did say that didn't I yeah I'm like, that's probably Probably something I should have strayed straight away from. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess after college, you to, to kind of rope it back in here. After yep. college, you you started working at TQL right away or no? Yeah. So it was an interesting situation. I actually went to a career fair my junior year at Cedarville, found TQL, um, who was based out of Ohio. Even though I lived, my family was up in Michigan, and I had planned to move back to Michigan. Um, and I heard that they were opening an office in Michigan. I was like, sweet, let's check it out. So I interviewed with them, um, phone interviews, went through the whole thing. And I ended up actually getting hired my, like, November of my junior year. Oh, so wow. I had, like, second semester, and maybe it was toward the end of end of my junior year. I honestly, timeline-wise, yeah. it's a little skewy. But I just remember my senior year, I was pretty much set. Like, I had a job in the bag. It, you know, I was, like, easy street. Right. It's hard. It's hard to stay focused on school when that's the case. Like you talk about senioritis <laughs> as a senior. Yeah. Now, add like a guaranteed job after that. Mm-hmm. Goodness, was yeah. my motivation gone for school? And I already already was like, I'm a business major, so it's not like my classes were too difficult. Yeah. Or anything. Um, so I enjoyed my senior year a lot. I bet. Mainly because I didn't care about school as a much. A lot less. A lot less responsibility. And for stress. Sure. Yeah, for stress. Sure. Yeah. Um, that being said, I actually like last week of April, like two weeks before graduation, um, the Lord really told me that like He was calling me to be a counselor at a camp mm-hmm. after I graduated. It was a very difficult decision for me because I felt like it was definitely the right thing to do. But I held this like job offer for a year now. So I ended up calling my boss and explaining to him, like, I, I know I need to be the, a counselor at this camp. It was way less money. It was like not near family, but I just knew that's what I was called to. Um, and I was amazed how God worked in that situation. And my boss said, I completely understand um, you know, I understand your faith. I understand your situation. I'm going to keep your job offer on the table after you come back from camp. That's awesome. Which, you know, it was a very emotional conversation. I think we talked for like 45 minutes or an hour on the phone. Jeez. Um, because I was not expecting him to extend the offer. I mean, he had given me a year for this offer. And now I'm yeah. like showing his lack time. of commitment yeah. <laughs> almost, you know. But it was it was very cool to see how God worked in that situation. So I ended up being a counselor at camp for a year. It was an absolutely amazing summer, one of the best summers of my life. 
I learned a lot. I was very tired. I had like 12 kids every single week that I was with like 23 hours, 23 and a half hours a day. Jeez. It was insane. But I absolutely loved it and I learned yeah. a lot. That's and a then big molding experience. It, it was. It was amazing. God worked in really amazing yeah. ways that summer for sure. No, yeah, I've, I've taught at some camps throughout, like in the summers of between college or I think in the summers between high school, junior and senior year, I did one as well. And it's just like, just to see like the energy and yep. the, you know the strength in within kids too and like the things that you can learn from them too right absolutely pretty cool yeah um, like kids are so honest yeah. and yeah it was, i mean you're on this high almost like all week long and then like you crash so hard but you, you only have like a day to recover oh yeah and then you're right back at yeah. it <laughs> so it's like this constant state of like trying to be excited and on a high for these kids mm-hmm. at the same time you're completely exhausted yeah um, and pushing your body too—that's like a—it's another way to exercise. Honestly, yeah. when you're at those camps, Absolutely. they're always playing some activity or doing yep. some sport, right? Yep. So. I yeah, I had a step counter that year, and I was like racking th- between thirty and forty thousand steps a day. It's it was ridiculous. In, it was nuts. Yeah. 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 So I yeah, played a lot of ultimate frisbee. When I was there. They <laughs> yeah. love that. Game. Sixth grade yep. boys—they loved ultimate yeah. frisbee. We play like every day. It seemed like to try to match their energy levels for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then so I guess after that you started at TQL. Yep. And you've been there for three, three and, and a half, half years? Yeah, three and, and a half, okay. give or take. Um, it's like September was three years, so whatever that makes it now. Um, and it's been a good three and a half years. It's been a difficult three and a half years. But, um, you know, I'm happy I'm still at TQL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being a logistics broker in general, it's just kind of a funky situation. It's The culture is very young. It's yeah. very fast-paced. It's very... Um, money hungry, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it takes a lot of hard work to get there. Yeah. Um, we have an extremely high turnover rate, as does most um, big name brokers. Oh yeah. Um, because people come into the job not completely understanding how much work it's going to take. Um, and how like mentally focused yeah, you have to be. Right? Yeah. All that the work. time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, problems can come up at any point. Yeah. 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 So it's like the way we do it is six months of training under like a seasoned broker mm-hmm. or a seasoned salesman and then you go right into sales. And for a lot of people it's a rude awakening. Like they spent these six this first six months like just kind of being a helper. Coasting. Yeah. Yeah, being a helper and they're not ready to be in sales. Yet. Do their own thing. Yeah. And at the same time, like there's people who come in completely ready for that and they start, you know, their sales process three months in and they start hustling really hard and they stay late and they come in early when they you know, when they're not helping their broker and mm-hmm. they, you know, work on sales themselves and they, they do very well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely an interesting culture. Um, most people I would say leave within the first year. Yeah. Uh, and I think we have 80 people in our office now and I would say probably 75% of those people are, have been there for a year or less. Gotcha. Maybe a year and a half or less. But so yeah. three and a half years, you've had some, you've seen some things, you've survived. Yeah, I guess yeah. in the broker world, being at the same company for three and a half is is kind of a benchmark. Mm-hmm. It, I think if you make like a year and a half, you're probably going to be there for you know at wow. least three or four years. Yeah, because it's a pretty uh, lucrative. You know, it can be. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, again, a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, but once you've gotten there, it's a lot easier to maintain, mm-hmm. right? So it's the you know the way it's set up is you find all of your own business. It's all inside sales. So you're making phone calls to mostly people who don't want anything to do with you. Um, but 
you know, the people who do give you a chance to prove yourself, if you're able to prove yourself and with, you know, build trust, yeah, it's you are able to make some really cool relationships, yeah, um, with people who now I would call some of my really good friends that I work with, mm-hmm. and they're my customers, right? Yeah. They like paying me to do a job, yeah, and I would consider them good friends. I worked That's with awesome. them for two, two and a half, sometimes three years yeah. at this point, um, and it's really cool. I love. It's just another reason I love sales is I'm able to help my friends on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. And they, you know, it's a level of trust that's built where, you know, they know I'm not going to take advantage of them and they know I'm going to come through for them when they, when they need something. Yeah. So, um, I, I haven't worked three and a half years, but I did work a little bit. Yeah. I'd say about six months in total yeah. in, in logistics. And I will say this, the, the amount of confidence you build in conversation and on the mm. phone is incredible. And I've heard you talk to truck drivers and stuff. <laughs> Come on, man. This is a ridiculous rate. Help me out here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool to see it. Because, like, I, I, looking at myself, I guess, now when I do phone calls, whether it's a phone interview or just talking to a relative or a friend, I just, I have so much more comfortability on the phone. Because yeah. I spent, you know, hours on the phone every day um, in logistics. So, yeah. I see great. that in a lot of ways, yeah. too. Like, I'll call to get something repaired on a car or whatever. Or, yeah. To make an appointment and it's just it's so much easier to talk to these people because yeah. you don't have to like sell them anything yeah it's like right? a soft skill you like exactly. just adequately it learn just, yeah, yeah it awesome. transfers to a lot of different things yeah. that's very true that's sweet and then um yeah like you said just the hard work and work ethic and going with mentality every day of like okay i have to really be here all all here mentally yep. everything yeah it's awesome it's, it teaches you a lot um as you've expressed uh and then so with the three and a half years i guess the kind of the, the textbook recommended in, in college for business is to be at a company for about three years and then try to either move departments or get a promotion of some kind and stay at a company in total for about five to eight, right? And then yeah. just the way that things are moving right now, and again, this could change, but for kids nowadays, that's what I would recommend just because that way you learn a lot and a lot of times you can transfer to other jobs or departments pretty easily after that. Yeah. Um, that's something you would agree with at being in the yeah, industry. Yeah, it's industry, interesting yeah. to me because it's so different from like our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Like you started a company, you put in your 40 years, 45 years, whatever yeah. it is, and then you leave with a pension or a yeah. gold watch or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and that's how it was. And that's so different from our culture today. And I think for good reason. I mean, things are so much faster paced. People's attention spans are so much shorter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people don't know what they want to do. I think our parents' generation was, I don't enjoy this, but this is what I'm doing, so this is what I'm going to do for 40 years. Yeah. And it's, I don't think that's smart. I don't think that's wise. Like, why would you use 40 years of your life and waste it? Um, I once heard someone say that they, um, they ended up going through law school for eight years, and they were a lawyer for like six months, and they knew after six months that they hated being a lawyer. And so they thought about going and doing something else. And their family and their friends said, you spent eight years and all this money to be a lawyer. It's such a waste yeah. just to throw it away. Yeah. Like, why don't you continue doing that? And the person spent the next 50 years of their life being a lawyer. 50. 50 years. Wow. Right? You know, he was, I mean, he was yeah. in his 70s. And he's, his one piece of advice was, why in the world waste 50 years of your life doing something you don't enjoy? Yeah. When I could, it could have only been one year. Yeah. Right? So, like, even though you've invested the time into something, that's not a reason to do something you mm-hmm. don't enjoy. Um, and I think that's very important for people to understand. You know, they go to college for one degree, and they realize at that point they don't want to do that anymore. Don't do it. Yeah. Right? Don't use 
these skills that you've learned or whatever and think that that's the only thing you could do. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, online learning, right. Yeah. And, and, and experience you've had, or yep. even if you work that job and you hate it, but you work it for like six months to a year and you just learn a few things, you meet a few people, you can transfer to other positions, right? Absolutely. And like, that's what it is. That's what we were talking about with the summer jobs. You, you grind them out just because you want to learn how to work and you want to yep. learn how to learn, you want to get, make some money doing it. And I think <clears throat> that's overlooked too, right? Yep. Like it's a good balance of maybe that lawyer guy could have done a year or two and he would have hated Exactly. It, but he would have made enough money to be able to do something else. Yep. And I think Pay off some of the that's, loans that's a good strategy you could use as well. You know, maybe six yeah. months is a little tight, you know, give yeah. it a couple of years because you might yeah. not, once you develop the skills, you might enjoy it more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but don't, know. don't lock yourself in for that exactly. 40 to 50 years, especially now with like how much more innovation has happened. You almost need to have like new innovative ideas at all these companies. So yep. like the frequent switching between employees can can have positive benefit. Right? It can, it can have yeah. Positive consequences. Yep, absolutely, and it helps you. You'll have a higher success rate of finding what you enjoy yeah. if that you do that. You try multiple things. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't hop, you know, hop between stuff too often. But I think every yeah, don't ruin your resume. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, might have to leave some stuff off your resume if that's the case. Exactly. You know, yeah, but. Yeah, I think I think moving positions or moving jobs is definitely a thing, especially if you don't enjoy what you're doing. That's something I would mm-hmm. recommend for sure. Okay. And then, okay, so we've talked a little bit about your schooling. We've talked a little bit about TQL. I guess looking back at those, you know, seven to, to, to eight, ten years of your life, I guess from end of high school all the way till now, you, you've probably made some mistakes along the way that you can remember. Yeah. What's, what's one big one? Maybe not your biggest, but one big one that you learned from or grew from that, that you think people would benefit from hearing? Because I think that's oftentimes where I've learned a lot is from people that have told me about mistakes. Yeah, I think I'm, I experienced uh, one of those like a year ago at TQL, and I've experienced it many times before that at different jobs or schools, is just getting too comfortable mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes back to the point of like switching positions or jobs. Or just having a different mindset. But you get into this rhythm and you just start to maintain. And I think that's that can be so destructive to your potential and what you can do. Um, you know, and at TQL I was maintaining where I was and I you know, it was really detrimental to my mental health because I wasn't enjoying work, I wasn't, you know, loving what I was doing, I wasn't loving life in general. Um and I don't really know what changed that, to be honest with you. There was like a, you know, a few different things or people that came into my life and maybe made a bit of a difference. But I realized like, this isn't where I want to be for 10 years. Why would I maintain at this point? Yeah. So I just started hustling harder again. And it really made a difference over the last year on where I am now um, at work and in life. Um, so I would say my big, my biggest fault would be to get comfortable where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people who have said the same thing and they say, if they get comfortable in a job, they'll just quit because that just makes you so uncomfortable. It just makes you have to go find something new. It makes you like, if you stay in the job too, I think yeah. it makes you complacent. Almost, yeah. Right. You yeah. don't, you don't think to innovate or learn things that are new or try exactly. new things or work harder because you, you think you have this thing figured out. Yeah. Complacent is probably a better word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like being comfortable is not a bad thing. I yeah. guess. But yeah, getting complacent with something and yeah. just like, well, I, I understood what you meant because yeah. I've been there too, like, right. Especially with summer jobs that are pretty simple to learn. I worked yep. at Lowe's two summers, junior and senior year of college. And by that time, I'm not saying I was the smartest guy, <laughs> but I yeah. was developed enough to know 
what to do and how to learn how to do things quickly. And I found myself in the break room at times when I had a chance to think like, I feel like I'm just kind of walking through the motions and yep. doing the steps. And again, it was just a summer job, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But that is something I, I've tried to refrain from doing, and it's tough. It really is difficult to do yeah. because you want to set like a consistent rhythm, right? Yep. And get set in that consistency, but that can that can bore you to the point where your life becomes mundane and you become unhappy, like you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Always to be striving for more, yeah. whether it's in work, in your social life, at home, in hobbies, whatever it is. Yeah. Something needs to be striving for more. I just picked up trying to play the guitar, and I'm not good at yeah. it. Yet. You know, I'm not, you know, freaking pitbull or anything. <laughs> I can't play yeah. in all the songs, but. I do, you know, I do enjoy learning it. And it's something that just throws a little mix in your day, you know, something yep. to look forward to almost. And and I'm only 23, and I still have found some things that I'm like, you know, this this is an everyday thing, and it's boring and kind of sucks. So to have your job be like that, eight hours a day would be yeah, horrible. Yeah, it would be horrible. It really yeah. would. Yeah, I agree. Always be improving. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really good point. I've never heard, heard it said that way before, but I definitely um, resonate with it. So I guess along with that, do you have any hobbies or or like uh, other than working out that you kind of keep up with after work or during work that yeah like work, goals almost yeah like goals? working out is a big thing for me yeah. as we discussed. But I also love um, like working with my hands, and I think part of that came from the jobs I had when I was younger, mm-hmm. and part of that comes from just being curious and wanting to be knowledgeable about things. And I think the biggest part of that comes with owning a house. Um, this, the house I have was built in like 1930. So there's definitely things that need to be upgraded and need to be renovated. Um, and so I've learned a lot of, about how to do that type of thing, um, in my house, whether it be electrical or plumbing or redoing a bathroom or whatever it is. Um, worked on cars a lot as kids. My dad always made us fix things on our older cars. Um, and I hated doing that when I was younger, but it's become, you know, something that's very handy. Something goes wrong in a car, even if I don't choose to fix it myself, it just helps diagnosing a problem, like figuring out what's actually wrong because you understand how it works. Yeah. And so I like being able to understand how different things work and kind of tinker with them and stuff like that. Decent wood shop outside to make like things out of wood or, you know, just working with my hands. Yeah. Something kind of like a rotation of a productive hobby. Yep. Like a trade work type deal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And with working out, again, you know, another thing that I enjoy doing is cooking. You know, if you want to see gains in the gym, you typically yeah. have to have um, enough calories to, to get there. And so I've learned... Good you know, calories, too. Yeah. A lot Good of chicken. I've been eating a lot of chicken lately. <laughs> chicken's yeah. cheap and chicken's easy. So, yeah. Yeah. I enjoy cooking a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And those are all things, I think, that, like you touched on before, you, you learn with those. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a soft skill or something that's only useful for that part of life, it's still something you learned. And it's better than sitting on the couch and watching a movie. Absolutely. So Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know we had talked a little bit about this question beforehand, and I know you said you were having some difficulties. Take some time to think about it if you need to. But the one the one end-all, be-all piece, other than the getting comfortable part, um, for, for someone that's kind of starting out their path right now. So maybe like a junior, you can envision like a junior or senior in high school, or someone that just graduated and doesn't really know what they want to do yet. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, but it's okay. only because I've already touched on one. Yeah, no. The first right. thing I, I would say is figure out what you enjoy, right? And we've already talked about this. Spend a year or two. You don't have to know what you enjoy before you do it. Mm-hmm. People go into college or people finish high school even without even going into college and they don't they don't know what they enjoy and you're not going to know just by thinking about it necessarily. Just start start doing things. 
and yeah. figure out what you don't enjoy to help narrow down what you do. I'll spend six months or a year at a job, you know, learning something new and figuring out this isn't what I want to find what you do. Um, and I think because once you start doing something that you enjoy, it helps your mental state so much. It makes work not seem like work as much, you know, and it just makes uh, a big difference. Um, the second piece of advice I would give, um, and especially because this is kind of a financial podcast, is learn how to budget. I think so many people these days, people I work with, people I'm friends with, they don't understand how to manage their money. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's their fault. I think parents and schooling doesn't do a great job teaching people how to manage their money. Yeah. Like, I didn't learn how to budget. Maybe there was a class in high school that, like, covered a budgeting app or something. But, like, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. So, like, taking the time to either read the books, watch the YouTube videos, whatever it is, to, like, figure out how to manage your money yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um. And then learn how to invest because people, people huge. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand how people think they can go through life making a car payment every month for the rest of their lives, making a rent payment for the rest of their lives and being able to build wealth for their family at some point. Yeah. Right. And those things are okay. Right. I pay a mortgage, but I have roommates that help pay my mortgage or whatever. Um, it doesn't take that much money to buy a house these days. It just takes commitment and a good job. Um, I bought this house probably with like six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and to some people that's a lot of money. But you give it two, three, four years, you can save six thousand dollars easy, mm-hmm. even on a thirty, thirty-five k salary. Oh yeah, yeah. So I would just say learn how to manage your money, be wise with you know how you use it, save the money, and then learn how to invest it, whether yeah. it's real estate or the stock market <clears throat> or you know even. You know, using a financial advisor, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? But like, that's and, a big thing that yeah. I think people are missing these days. Yeah, and those are really good points. I think you covered them well. But also, I have a few extra points to add. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Do. So, um, the for the first one, finding what you do, mm-hmm. like to do. Um, my family and my friends would always tell me, just surround yourself with a decent amount of group of people, right? Mm. That you that that have a good idea of who you are, and they they learn who you are, and they're also just good influences, right? You know yeah. people that are trying to progress their life. You know mm-hmm. people that aren't. Surround yourself with the right people. And when when you do get good enough relationships with those people, I think it's important to ask them, you know, what what do you think I would be good at? What do you what do you guys see in me that really brings me joy? Yeah. And that can help you decide a lot too. That's very true. Because I I went to Costa Rica in between high school and college. Mm-hmm. Kind of the the gap year summer yep. or whatever, yep. if you will. And I learned a lot while I was down there. I learned a lot about what I enjoyed, and I, it really drove my inspiration for Spanish. And as you know, a lot of truck drivers speak Spanish, so yep. in logistics, it was super helpful to know that. It's very true. It's also just really fun to know how to do it because my friends that speak it or if someone only speaks Spanish, then it's really helpful. Yeah. And it's just one of the passions I have to be able to translate and stuff like that. It's, it's enjoyable to me. So that was a fun experience that helped shape it, but also... Someone that told me that I should do that was was my dad. He was like, look, this is something I see that you really like to do. Go to Costa Rica. Freaking learn that stuff, you know? Do some mission work down there. It's really fun, and it teaches you a lot, and it's yep. great. Um, so I, that's what I would say about that is use the people around you as information to, to kind of gain what you want to do, too. Because everyone wants to do what they like to do, but not everyone knows how to find it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think friends define who you are a lot, and yeah. friends can help define help you define who you are yeah. if you don't know it. So the I most that. successful people I've talked to, and again, I have a podcast, so I feel like I've spoken to a decent amount of them, yep. that they're almost always telling me the people that you surround yourself with, like three to five to seven people that you surround yourself with, no matter what the number is, 
that's who you become, you know what I mean? Especially when you're learning and growing constantly. Yeah. And to surround yourself with good people, I think is just the most important thing. I like agree. The, the moving their life forward, to have some consistent basis and, and, um, aren't throwing away their, their life is a really good, it's a really good way to, to spend it, you know? Yep. So, and then moving forward from that, you were saying, learning how to invest and, and, and like you said, YouTube, right? You can learn a lot. I've been learning a lot oh, from yeah. YouTube. You can, I mean, there's just unlimited knowledge out there on the internet. And again, don't believe all of it, but if you find some credible sources, you can learn unbelievable amounts about investing yep. and all that stuff. And I did a podcast that first episode actually with a 60 year old man and he had been working almost his whole life. And now he he's retired and he makes enough money to still travel and purchase things strictly for investing yeah because he has enough money to do that i think he's made it there financially and not a lot of us do but he's made it there financially to the point where his money entirely works for itself and that's a great place to be and it's an attainable place to be yeah absolutely i think yeah i think a lot of people aspire to be there one day i think a lot of people have an idea that they can get rich quick Mm -hmm. you know and I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm in my 30s. And like, sure, there's a very, very, very small percentage of people who have been able to obtain that yeah, one Paul. way or another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need to be the next Jake Paul. Yeah, no one um, really does. You know, or like generational wealth. But wouldn't yeah. you love to be able to set you know, you know, your kids and, and not spoil them, but set them up to be financially secure? Yeah. Um, wouldn't you love to be able to be traveling with your spouse or your friends when you're older mm-hmm. um, and just not have to worry about money anymore. Like that's, that's a huge thing. And I mm-hmm. think learning that when you're young and you have so much time to compound that money, that's, it really makes a big difference yeah. over the course of your life. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's all I have for you. And I, again, this is really great knowledge. I hope, I hope everybody enjoyed listening and I personally enjoyed having you on here. Yeah. Hopefully we can do it again sometime, maybe farther down the road. When yeah. I, when I get a little better at interviewing. <laughs> yeah, but, for uh, sure. But yeah, it's, it's great talking to you and uh, seeing the place you got here. And I'm sure I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot from it. Absolutely. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. Yeah.